0: Hi, and welcome to Beyond Vows and Veils, the luxury wedding experience. I'm your host, Brittany Ellis. Our goal is to bring together engaged couples and vendor pros into one harmonious symphony where we can craft dreams and weave traditions together in luxury. So whether you're preparing to walk down the aisle or you're a passionate Pro seeking inspiration. Beyond Bows and Veils is really gonna be something for everyone in our industry. So subscribe now and thank you for listening to Beyond Bows and Veils, the luxury wedding experience. Now let's get inspired. Hi, I'm Brittany. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Bows and Veils. We are gonna be diving into some fun and awkward conversations about your budget. So did you know that 70% of your budget, anybody's budget, actually, let me just say, is directly tied to the venue, the food, and the beverage? So are we like to say in our office, as we mentioned in episode one, how many times are we feeding everyone? Because that really is a direct indication of how we're going to manage your budget and the overview of your events. So a couple little things that I do want to mention is that, you know, I am speaking more specifically to South Asian weddings because that's my niche. That's what I know really well. And I know the South Asian culture is hospitality. So for me, I've been working with clients specifically for South Asian events for over a decade. And every single time, if I go to their house for a meeting, I'm eating. Mm -hmm. Or if I go out with them to uh, any type of event, like they are just so welcoming and warm and they want their guests to feel that when they come on site for the event. So a big part of that is gonna be supplying them with meals. And so when we sort of talk about structuring a budget and things like that, And we talk about how many times are we feeding guests? um, I know that we always like to talk about core events and we like to break those out even more. So I don't know, like Whitney, like when we're starting budget, like what can you maybe give insight to couples to think about when they're like breaking out that portion of their budget? Sure. So
1: definitely you want to, you know, think about when your guests are arriving Mm -hmm. to the events. Mm -hmm. So... You know, if you're hosting an evening function, like welcome party, let's say, Mm -hmm. you know, are guests going to be getting in there like day prior that morning, like, do you want to host a a proper lunch before your first event? Or is it really just going to be like, you know, everyone's kind of arriving, they're coming into that welcome party, you know, obviously as a core function, you're providing the food and beverage here. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about the next morning, you know, whether we're having a, you know, early morning, you know, ceremony or an afternoon ceremony, like, do we want to provide a proper breakfast to your guest? Mm. Um, or are we just going to provide like light snacks in like a hospitality room? Right. So, um, just thinking about those, times when people may be hungry, you know, outside of your core functions and even just having, you know, those light snacks available for them if you aren't going to be providing like a, yeah, a large meal. Yeah. So, um, definitely want to get an understanding of that even, you know, after the cocktail reception thinking about, all right, when are, when are our guests departing? Right. Right. Cause maybe you want to host a farewell brunch. So those are usually the questions that we're asking kind of when we're going through that food and beverage, um, section of your budget. Yeah. Um, another important aspect is
0: bar. So are we, we love our drinks. Yes. We love our, we love our (laughs) Johnny Walker and we love top shelf. Right. It's very important.
1: It is. It's important. So are we hosting like an open premium bar mm-hmm. or are we getting into like beer and wine mm-hmm. so those are all important things when you're putting those together because obviously the costs are varying right greatly for those sections so right.
0: and speaking of comfort I just realized that I'm totally barefoot filming this with <laughs> everyone
2: so <laughs> <laughs> I move my foot when you're talking early are feet in this yeah. yeah I not
1: really yours is kind of
0: now but okay all right. Sorry. <clears throat> it's, it's totally you, fine <laughs> No, but I think, excuse me, I think Whitney, what you were talking about makes a lot of sense because for couples who don't know, when you are structuring out your venue and your food and your beverage outline, know that you are basically looking at two fees. You're paying the venue, what we call a catering fee to bring in your own authentic Indian cuisine because let's get real, most of these venues do not have like an Indian caterer in their back pocket. They usually are gonna rely on you to bring in your own food. Um, And that's a really important part of the experience. So you're gonna be paying an outside catering fee, and then you're gonna be paying separately your caterer for whatever that menu is that you build together. So just something that's important in that food section, both of those fees would then be presented. And as Whitney mentioned, you know, if you've got guests coming in the day before, you might want to offer them some hospitality. You might want to offer them a space that they can go and grab coffee and tea and hang out and congregate and visit before the events sort of kick off. But those events, those layered in sort of meals and hospitality all essentially do come at a price tag. So I think that's sort of what you were alluding to, because we will take a hospitality room and we will take an inch, (laughs) we get an inch and we'll run a mile if we can, like in terms of like what we can provide. But I get that the understanding is that you have all these guests, they're traveling in from all over the world, and they're going to want to be able to not always have to go to the coffee shop, quite frankly, or one of the restaurant outlets, they're going to want a space that they can just kind of hang out and enjoy in between events which I think is really important to create those experiences and moments for them. So in terms of the outside catering, I think it's really also important to understand, is your outside caterer going to cater everything or is it just select events? Because one thing you really should consider if you're hosting an event at a property that's got great menus and great in-house catering is also partnering with them, right? Because we know most Sink heat Nights, you're going to do probably like food stations anyway, and if you are inviting any, you know, I don't know, other types of guests, like Americans, they may not be able to handle the spice level of Indian cuisine. So sometimes we got to like play it down for them and get them like pizza rolls. (laughs) 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 or whatever, a Mexican station, something that they're going to enjoy, right? Because ultimately, again, back to that guest experience, you want to make sure everybody feels comfortable and they're in a space that they can just enjoy and be present with you during that experience. Um, And I guess really outside of that, once we stop talking about food and beverage, we then get into all of your vendors. So Abby mentioned on the first episode, you're hiring anywhere between like I don't know, 15 and 20 different vendor crews to come on and make this event happen. So like, Abby, what's your plan of attack when you started going into like looking at vendors or like, how does that conversation even happen to help figure out who do we actually have to hire and who's like, maybe not necessary.
2: Yeah. So I think, um, kind of upfront, we talk about like the core vendors. So like mm-hmm. the more important ones that you need to kind of hire off the bat, like pretty much after you've contracted with your venue. Um, the biggest one for me and the, my favorite vendor is <laughs> decor. Favorite. Um, so obviously like, Within budgeting, also, you have to have, like, a pretty good understanding of, like, your vision for your events because it makes a huge difference cost-wise. So um, usually one of the homework items that we kind of ask our clients for in the um, beginning stages is, like, inspiration photos so that we have a really good understanding of what you're looking for and so that we can price it out properly for you to have a better idea for your budget. Mm -hmm. Um, I think – Other than that, um, obviously like your photographer and videographer, you're probably going to want to hire pretty much right off the bat. Um, any vendor that books out pretty far in advance, um, you're going to want to like look, start looking into at least in that, um, you know, beginning stage. Mm -hmm. I think, um, hair and makeup teams are one of the ones that we, you know, kind of looked into initially, um, your DJ, um, Those are kind of more, like, the core ones, I think. And then we get into kind of those, like, secondary vendors also a little bit later, which are, like, your photo booths, your Mendy artist, Mm -hmm. stuff that are, like, you know, Mm -hmm. they can be hired on a little bit later on, but – Yeah.
0: And, and keep in mind too, that depending on where you're hosting this celebration is ultimately going to help you also determine like, where's your hub? Mm -hmm. Meaning I know here in the great state of Florida, specifically for South Asian vendors, Orlando is kind of the hub, right? Like central Florida is the hub. So even if you're hosting an event, in Miami and West Palm, a lot of times we're having to bring in professionals from another area. Not to say there's not vendors in that location, but it's important to also factor that in when you're looking at your vendors. Are we flying people in? Mm -hmm. Are they coming from different areas? Is that something we also need to be budgeting for? Because you are going to absolutely, doesn't matter where you host your event, you're probably going to end up having some vendor accommodations Mm -hmm. that you have to pick up the bill for because ultimately... Let's get real. I mean, it's almost like a mini marathon, right? Like it's the wedding day itself is usually like a 17 hour day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So having your vendors obviously close by is really important. And sometimes Mm -hmm. like they're setting up overnight and things like that. So I think that's a really important part of it, Mm -hmm. you know, And then I think outside that, Whitney kind of touched about miscellaneous vendors So, and miscellaneous expenses to think about, right? So aside from just your, like, vendor team, all your food and beverage, I mean, Whitney, you touched base on power mm-hmm. last time. Like, yeah. maybe just kind of walk us through Yeah.
1: That so journey.
0: obviously, I mean, it's kind of like you're, you
1: walk into your home or like your room and it's like, all right, we've got power outlets here. This is what we're working with. It's like the same situation in an event space. So obviously in your ballroom, like we may have some outlets or like existing power, but there's only so much existing power in that space. So essentially if we're exceeding the power that is available, you have to get into power drops. So, you know, DJ needs power, we talked about some entertainment aspects that would likely need power. Photo booth would even need power. So at that point, if we don't have enough in the ballroom, we're having to drop power and, you know, where it's needed and it can, it can be expensive. So mm-hmm. talking about it upfront and just having that understanding to where it's not going to be a surprise later on, you want to put that in your budget. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got some costs dedicated to that if it, if it is needed. Right.
0: And I always say if you're in the middle of your venue negotiations, whether it be solo or with a planner, you know, just understand that sometimes these expenses are like outside of what the venue offers. So there's third parties that are basically have a monopoly, yeah. let's, let's just, it's, they have a monopoly <laughs> and they're able to, they basically just charge you what they need to charge you. Right. So I'm not saying it's astronomical fees, but we don't have the option of going with any other provider to drop us power outside of like whatever brand that they offer without that property. So sometimes I always like to ask at venue contracting, like what is the cost of an amp to be dropped? Like what are some estimated charges or can we get a power sheet so that we can understand like how to budget? Is it going to be three grand? or am I talking like $8,000? Like what is this ultimate power bill going to be? And we bring that up because miscellaneous stuff comes up. And one thing I will say is our industry is we have so many talented people in our industry and there's so many like fun, random things that we offer you in our industry that you can spend your money on. Like, I don't know that like custom chai cart that you just like had to have in like the back of ceremony space. Like there's (laughs) always going to be like temptations for things for you to like upgrade and elevate your guest experience. So you want to also be budgeting in for those things too, Mm -hmm. because I think it's important that, and not to say you have to spend a ton of money to, to uh, achieve branding your event, but you always want to make sure that your event feels really personalized Mm -hmm to you. And that can come in a variety of different ways, but ultimately we really want to make sure that your event feels unique. I know some of the things that we do in our office, like Abby, do you have like any insight on like how couples can, you know, after all the like to-dos are checked off of the main budget, like Mm -hmm. what can couples be doing to make sure that their event at the end of the day feels like theirs?
2: Personalized. I think that, um, the most cost effective way that we always recommend for our clients to kind of personalize and make it their own is like day of Mm stationery. So like any kind of signage or anything like any paper products that they can use Mm -hmm. at their events, um, you know, welcome signs, their ceremony programs, um, anything that they can do to like just elevate it a little bit more. Um, I know a lot of our couples do um, monograms. So that's a super common theme that we see. They can do their monogram like on their dance floor and mm-hmm. incorporate it on all of the the paper products as well. So I think that that's a very cost-effective and easy way just
0: to kind of make it your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If, you, you, if you're if you not having stationary budgeted into your budget, mm-hmm. I think it's really important because it's probably the most economical way that you can brand your event and elevate the experience. Mm -hmm. Because I know that when, if I was a guest attending an occasion and I get the welcome bag delivered to my room and it has a very organized branded schedule of events, like I'm that much more excited about what's to come. And I know that if I attend like a Sangeet function and you do have all these different, like, fun food stations, being able to walk into a space and see physically, like, from where you're standing at the entry all the way over, like, oh, I can read what that station is. I know I want to visit that. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to go check that right. out.
2: Not only is it, like, personalized, but it's also very functional. Right. So, like, your guests, right. like, yeah. want ease, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> and they want to be able to just, like, figure things out super easily. Yeah. And if they don't have that, like, signage, they they'll remember it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Abby's definitely more the creative spirit in our office. Like I'm very like, Whitney's my taskmaster. She's definitely like very spot on with timelines, production schedules. And I'm very much like that too. So I feel like having Abby in our office is amazing because it does help to layer in us logistically thinking about things, but also making sure that it does feel like personalized and, Mm -hmm. Is different and creative and fun, and you get you know excited that much more towards the events. Um, So, recap in terms of the things that we discussed: count your meals, the little ones even add up, and they make a difference. It's very important that you think about those things, and then prioritizing your vendor hires, understanding. What vendors you absolutely have to have and what vendors are maybe like a miscellaneous category, depending on where you stand after those hires are completed, if you want to actually like loop them in. And then I think the third thing is always to have a little bit of cushion for some like fun, temptational things that are definitely going to come into your world, no matter what. So outside of that, um, thank you so much for tuning in with us again, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, we hope that this podcast is a, is a continued conversation and will support you in making some of the, you know, informed decisions with your planning.